Welcome to the latest episode of Too Boldly Pod, the unscripted podcast about anything and everything. And at some point, yeah, probably not. And even today is going to be sort of the 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 coup de gras of. I think I just created a phrase. I don't even know French, and I don't even know if that's those are even words in French. It sounded good to me, but hey, it kind of sort of is a premonition, if you will, about what I want to talk about on this episode, because, and I'm going to be quite frank up front, I've talked many times before about how I do this unscripted yada yada, you know the shtick, but I don't really go into these podcast with anything other than a mental idea of something that I've watched or read or know about or just want to talk about. And today is a prime example of that. And there may be occasions during this next, say, half hour or however long this goes on that I sneak off into left field on some tangent because... That's kind of the way my brain works. I, I, I can be laser focused on a topic or something or anything for that matter, whether it's doing this podcast or a subject that I want to talk about or something I'm watching on TV or even at my day job. But my brain is so overactive, I guess, is the way you could word it that I might be concentrating on, let's say, for example, my day job. I could be concentrating on doing my job, but in the back of my mind, I have all these other thoughts bouncing around, which I know that's nothing unique to my brain or not. I actually posted a thing on social media the other day about how my brain works and it was actually in relation to being at home and i was like i'm sitting here watching a documentary called monsters and mysteries in america on the tv just mindless background noise that i'm not particularly paying attention to but it's firing synapses in my brain about an urban legend podcast which i'm still firing those synapses in the back of my brain about doing an urban legend podcast, but I think I might hold that off until October. But I went on to say, as I sit here, I'm text chatting with a friend of mine, and our conversations tend to travel all over the known universe, from food to TV to family to the world in general and everywhere in between. Also, I sit here, I'm starting to fire neurons in my melon about recording my annual college and pro football prediction podcast, which you probably heard last week because at the time of this recording of this podcast, it was already in the works. So in the dark corner of my brain, I'm conjuring up songs with parentheses in the title for our parenthetical flex episode of timelines on wednesday i'm also playing a scenario in my being about how i want to attack my new temporary route tomorrow at work and on top of all of that 
I'm watching a hummingbird in the Rose of Sharon out my window, and it's raining, and I'm wondering, A, do they have a natural rain-ex on their feathers to keep them dry? And B, where do they go at night? All of that was bouncing around in my head at the exact same time. So that gives you a little sense of how this being works. That's why I tend to get off on tangents when I sit down in front of this microphone to record these podcasts. But today I do have a specific reason that I want to come on here and talk. And that's the talk about the nomenclature of alien spacecraft. I guess that's the best way to title this. And you're like, you're probably going to see the title of this on the podcast and say, nomenclature of alien spacecraft. What? Well, there's the thing is we, we've called what we predominantly now call UFOs, which is kind of changing a little bit in the lexicon. Now, here in 2023, we're starting to call them UAPs. And they've had plenty of different names throughout history. And most people will say, well, UFOs are kind of a modern thing. When actually, no, they're kind of not, if you really look at it. Now, we'll put aside all of the biblical things. We're going to talk about it in a minute, but only in name alone. We're not going to talk about the the kind of more out there assertions like Jesus was actually an alien and all of that stuff. And that's something we can get into on another podcast because it really doesn't have any reason to be talked about with what I want to talk about today. I just want to talk about the nomenclature of alien spacecraft, why the name has changed for what we call them so much over the past, say, history of written and documented and witnessed history, if you will. And before you stop to think, I started this a couple minutes ago saying most people think that UFOs started right around, you know, the the mid-20th century in the 40s and 1940s and 1950s. But actually, there's recorded testimony of flying spacecraft long before the 1940s and 50s. They called them back in the Renaissance and even before the Chariots of the Gods or manned fireballs in the sky and they 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 there's written testimony using those exact phrases in archaic writings and whatnot and it's not just writings that they appeared and there's there's plenty of of paintings that you can search on the internet of historical artsy great paintings that appear to have UFOs depicted in the background and even some that are way up in the the forefront of the pictures. So it isn't just a modern thing. It happened in the old world as well. 
And then once we kind of meandered into a more modernistic society, but not quite the modern 20th century modern industrialization time, if you will, but even before that, in the more pastoral times, in the, say, 18th and 19th centuries, there were all these written articles and stories about airships is what the predominant name was being used in say the 1800s and because people really didn't know we didn't have airplanes back then and we started to get hot air balloons and stuff like that into the 18th century but there are all sorts of recorded stories in newspapers and books and all sorts of articles and whatnot about flying airships back in those times that defied explanation to modern society of the 1800s. And even before the 40s and 50s in the 20th century, there were reports of these strange objects in the sky, even when we had airplanes flying around. A lot of people have probably heard about the declarations in World War II specifically, but that also happened in World War I, just not quite to the extent, is the declaration of fighter pilots seeing what they called Foo Fighters, which were basically these balls of light, as they claimed, that would circle them and chase them as they were flying into war or into battles and whatnot. And it wasn't just, you know, allied pilots that would say this. So people have heard that and made the assumption that it was some kind of German weapon that they were unleashing on the allies. But no, it was actually the excess power pilots also have recorded documentation of seeing these Foo Fighters and being circled by them as well. So it wasn't something that was just from one side or the other in either one of World War I or World War II. So we had, from the beginning of recorded history, we had, you know, chariots of the gods moving into manned fireballs in the sky to airships to Foo Fighters, which brings us kind of to our modern lexicon, if you will, of alien or unknown spacecraft. And even before Kenneth Arnold's sighting in the Roswell incident in 1947, there were sightings of alien spacecraft before that, and wasn't as frequent as once the Arnold incident and Roswell happened, is really when it kind of blew up. But there were reports before that in the 1940s about alien spacecraft and most people just called them kind of flying discs or something to that effect. It wasn't until the Kenneth Arnold incident in 
Mount Rainier, Washington in 1947, just a few weeks before the Roswell incident, that the phrase flying saucers kind of took off in the lexicon of ufology. And it came up because Kenneth Arnold spotted these nine objects that the way he described them was they were like saucers skipping on water, hence the flying saucer name was invented by a writer, which I'm forgetting whether it was a a Chicago-based writer or somebody put the line together that Kenneth Arnold said and created Flying Saucer in his article, and it took off from there. And that's kind of where we really should stay, in my opinion, And, and I will be the first to admit that I have been drilled with UFO into my head for the past cough, cough years, for the past 54 years of my life, not quite that long, but probably a good 40 years or so of my life that I've been interested passionately into UFOs that I've called them UFOs, but I would almost rather to prefer to call them flying saucers because that's really the true definition of what these things are, whether they're a a saucer-shaped object or not, whether they're a triangle or a delta-shaped craft or, or whatever, or ball or anything square, it doesn't matter. They're, they're flying saucers. And that's what the public and the media and everybody was actually calling them. And actually, the Army Air Force, when they did the press release about Roswell before they backtracked about it, actually called it a flying disc in the news report that they released. So that's what we were calling them, and I think that's what we still should call them, flying saucer, because that's what they are. But, and this is where we kind of get a little bit convoluted into the conversation. Once the whole saucer craze really blew up, And it's irrelevant whether you believe that all these sightings really blew up from 1947 and into the 50s were real or just figments of people's imagination. It doesn't matter what your belief system, as far as this conversation goes, because it's really irrelevant what any of us think. Fact of the matter is... It happened. There's documentation. Hell, there's there's film footage because it's this is the 1950s now. We're getting a little bit more technologically advanced. So the ability to film things and to record things are right at our beck and call. So all of these things aren't just written in newspapers and in articles and magazines and everything. Now, they're starting to get recorded on video and audio. So whether they're real or not, the the claims are out there that we're being visited by these flying saucers. And 
whether, again, whether you believe it or you don't believe it's irrelevant, but the Air Force thought enough of it, the government thought enough of it, that they created this program called Project Blue Book, which actually had a couple of versions before it was called Project Blue Book, I mean, Project Grudge, and others beforehand to study and investigate flying saucers. And this is where we get into the name shift from flying saucers or flying disks to UFOs. And I totally believe the the reasoning that's given behind why it got shifted. The 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 government and the Air Force started to force feed UFOs on the population because unidentified flying object infers it could be anything. Could be a misidentification of a comet or a shooting star or a planet in the sky. It could be an airplane. It could be birds. It could have any sort of rational explanation, as they would say, Whereas flying saucer or flying disc inferred some kind of alien flown spacecraft. And well, actually in the 50s, they, wasn't, they didn't call them aliens. They called them Martians because for whatever reason in the 50s, everyone thought all the aliens were living on Mars. But that's a relevant statement told you I was going to get sidetracked. But the Air Force and the government started sort of force-feeding, pushing away flying saucers and flying discs and calling them UFOs because they didn't want to admit the possibility that they were some kind of alien spacecraft, even though they had, at this point in, say, the early to mid-1950s, they already had a handful of cases that they couldn't explain one of which being the flyover which i know they came up with a lame excuse but the the two weekend buzzing of our nation's capital washington dc where they couldn't really explain what the hell was on the radar what was being chased by these pilots and i know they came up with the the lame temperature inversion excuse but it really doesn't hold weight if you look at the actual science and testimony of what happened but my whole point of that is is they were trying to get people away from thinking this is stop and think this is in the middle of the exploding cold war between the united states and the ussr so there was a lot of paranoia, a lot of distrust going around the world, specifically here in the U.S., and I'm sure just as bad in the Soviet Union, but specifically, at least in, in my reading here in the U.S., I mean, people were looking at everybody kind of cross-eyed if they said something mildly offensive and were accusing them of being a communist. So 
people's wits were really close to the edge, and we didn't know if we were going to get into an atomic war and if the world was going to end in the blink of an eye with a, an, a nuclear war. So things were really on edge then. So even if they couldn't explain these few incidences of flying saucers or flying discs that they didn't know whether they were aliens or not. They just couldn't explain them, but they had to come up with some explanation because they didn't want to seem powerless or defenseless, I guess, right in the throes of the growing Cold War. They didn't want, the U.S. didn't want to look like it was weak. So they came up with the idea of, of, not calling them flying saucers, not calling them flying discs, which inferred something unexplained, something alien. So they came up with the phrase unidentified flying objects. That kind of made it more technological to an extent. It was something identified. It means there's, there's, it's unidentified, but there's some kind of explanation that we just haven't been able to come up with yet so that was their thought behind coming up with ufo that we call them ufos then that makes them less alien and more terrestrial and more explainable and whether i actually agree with them with their reasoning or not i i actually can tip my hat and say that it actually worked because when you you go back and you read and watch a lot of the stuff that was produced in the 50s when the the whole UFO invasion alien the, the flying saucer explosion was happening there was a lot of people that I'm willing to bet if they would have done like some sort of survey back then before the whole government clampdown on everything, a lot of the populace probably would have said, yeah, these things are strange. Maybe we, there are aliens from Mars or stuff like that. I, I bet you a survey would have been a lot more positive than what it, say, a decade later turned into being. But when they started force-feeding UFO on us over flying saucer or flying disc, it's really they started to clamp down on the populace's believability about the subject matter. And really for the next, say, 10 to 20 years or so, they, they did a really good job. And even to this day, so you could go as far as to say for the next 60 years, even though the last, say, 10 or 20 years, it's kind of starting to shift a little bit. But there still is a lot of people, specifically my age and older, that are still on this planet that laugh when people talk about UFOs. That doesn't mean all people that are, you know, 50 and older will laugh about UFOs or aliens from another planet. That That's not what I'm saying. It's not going to be everybody, but predominantly the society as a whole would think about somebody that said they saw a UFO and just think they're some kind of crackpot. 
So in that aspect, the Air Force and the government's job of changing the name from Flying Saucer to UFO actually worked for quite a few years. Whether you want to say 20 years or 60 years, it it started to work because our name in the lexicon of alien spacecraft people just kind of forgot about flying saucers for the most part there were still some people that called them flying saucers but for the most part people started calling them ufos even me personally have always called them ufos even though i kind of wish i would train my brain to start saying flying saucers more often But I think at a certain point, what started to happen was the subject matter didn't go away. The sightings didn't go away these past 60 years, but they just continued to happen. And you had all sorts of highly qualified sightings, I suppose is the best way to put it, happen, whether it be Rendlesham Forest in 1980, whether it be the Phoenix Lights in 1997, whether it be the the Zimbabwe alien spacecraft in that landed in the school in the 1990s. It, the, the, the visitations or the sightings didn't go away but a strange thing started to happen in those 50 or 60 years they initially did their trick with making ufo part of the lexicon so people started to just kind of laugh it off and think it wasn't anything too seriously but as time went on people started to identify UFOs, the phrase that the government or the Air Force created to to soften these sightings, to make them less credible, more easily explainable, but people started calling everything UFOs. So now UFOs from, say, specifically from, we'll go from like the 80s, 90s to now, or till you know, 10 or 15 years ago, that from the, that point in the 70s to, say, the early 2000s, that people started thinking of UFOs as people in, say, the 40s and 50s thought of flying saucers. So UFOs just immediately went from being something explainable, which was the original intent, to alien spacecraft unidentified flying object meant alien spacecraft so nobody has really accused governments of being too terribly bright i mean just take an example of roswell for that matter they changed their story from being a captured flying crashed flying disc to the very next day saying a weather balloon and then 50 years later all these witnesses started coming out and saying no it wasn't a weather balloon it was actually a a ufo that crashed in roswell new mexico so 
the government and the Air Force did another study, another investigation in the 1990s, and guess what they came up with? It was a weather balloon. So they didn't really change their story. So, like I said, the government can be really, really stupid at times. Which, you know, we can all be stupid at times. So it's not just be that's not just bad mouthing government, but once people started thinking UFOs immediately went from being explainable to meaning alien spacecraft, they decided to take a page from their own playbook, like I just explained with Roswell, and they decided to rebrand, to use a a modern term, they decided to rebrand what they called UFOs. They're not going to call them flying saucers or flying discs. They're not going to call them UFOs anymore. They're going to change the name to UAPs or Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Same concept as UFOs, meaning they're not going to admit that they're alien spacecraft or something they don't know about. But saying UAP makes them more explainable to the general populace. So they're basically doing the same thing. They just sort of flipped the script and decided to rehash an old play. So by not calling them UFOs anymore and calling them UAPs, they're making them less making them appear less harmful, I suppose, is the best way to put it. They weren't anything to worry about because an unidentified aerial phenomenon sounds impressive, but it also infers, much like UFO did in the 1950s, that they can be explained as to what they are. So I think that's kind of what's happening now as they're taking a a page from their own playbook and kind of spray painting it and making it all nice and pretty and basically shoving out the same thing that they did to us in the 1950s. And you know what? It's kind of sort of working because it's just from watching documentaries and watching people's comments on social media and everything and reading the articles online and and everything is predominantly, most people think when you say UAPs, they just kind of laugh it off, which is really what they started the whole UFO thing about in the 1950s, is trying to make people laugh off their sightings as being something preposterous and mistaken, if you will. And... At some point, I'm going to do the the skeptic podcast, but I just haven't really narrowed down how exactly I want to tackle it yet. I know what I want to say. I just have to figure out how I want to group it all together. So you see how this has evolved from the beginning of recorded history. We had the chariots of the gods and the, the fireballs, the the manned fireballs in the sky. We had the airships. And then we had the Foo Fighters. And then we had flying discs. And then we had flying saucers. 
And then we had UFOs, technological, 20th century. And then UFOs went for a good 50-year run, and people started believing UFOs meant aliens. So what did they do? We'll come up with a new phrase, a 20th, 21st century phrase, something more technological, UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. Doesn't mean it's an alien spacecraft. It's explainable. Even though we have Navy fighter radar and video footage of this thing flying away at impossible to our understanding of physics speeds, but it's explainable. It's a UAP. That is exactly what I mean by the nomenclature of alien spacecraft. If you have any thoughts, let me know on Facebook or Twitter. Or, sorry, at Facebook or X at Too Boldly Pod. And I don't really have a closer for this episode, so I will simply end with I want to believe.